I'm Derek Arcardi. Welcome to Shamanic Innovations. I thought today would be a good day to talk about taking a starting point. It's kind of weird that uh, I'm sitting here right now in my bedroom with a tablet in my hand and a pair of headphones covering me, you know, staring at a button that says start, just so that I can begin talking. And I've been doing this for some time, like, well, you know, this is really ready. And it's been a lot to actually get up to this point here. Um, you know, just getting the headphone where I can talk and getting the program on the tablet and you know, getting even topics and getting the ideas. We don't really find a lot of times that we are, you know, really at any sort of level. We just are continuously pushing. And I think instead, you know, one thing that we have to do is we need to take little moments where we can figure out the points that we're at. Um, you know, it's, it's important for us to, you know, realize that, yes, there is going to be an end game in sight, but there's also a beginning. And that each day we're allowed to have a beginning. You know, a new beginning can come up each day, each minute, each hour. You know, every moment that you are still alive, you are allowed a new beginning. So, it, you know, it becomes kind of a thing of, you know, making that into being a beginning, making that into being a starting point. You know, because... What has to happen right now for a lot of us is change. I, I know myself personally, I'm a person of um, having a lot of energy, having a lot of like fiery Aries energy. Aries are people who, you know, we, we need to go, we need to go. And I can say that, you know, I've been someone who maybe hasn't gone as much. I've been kind of in a stagnation point. Um, which is partly why I wanted to start this podcast here, podcast here, so that I would have a reason to go. Um, you know, it's very easy for people to a lot of times get wrapped up in the daily and lose their sources of inspiration. You know, be it art, be it music, be it work, be it whatever that you do that actually truly inspires you. Not, you know, the thing that you do just to pass time. You know, maybe you're a wrestling fan, which I'm a wrestling fan, so, you know, don't take this as a slight, but maybe you're a wrestling fan because it's something that you can do at home to pass time. Okay, maybe you are, you know, involved with, you know, a local group or whatever, but... You're not really involved. You're just kind of like, you know, there. You're not like the president of the group. You're not running the show because you're. this is what drives you. You're just a member of the group because, uh, you know what, I need something to do with my Tuesday afternoons, you know. You're going to a job because, uh, you know what, I need something to do with my Tuesday afternoons. You're in a relationship because... I need something to do with my Tuesday afternoon. You know, if you're basically just doing this thing for your Tuesday afternoons, this is the part where you're in your stagnation mode at. And this is the part where you need to find a starting point. 
I'm going to say. You know, nothing against Tuesday afternoons. I love Tuesday afternoons, and I love all those things that I just mentioned, but... <sighs> You know, you know, and I, and I say a lot of this stuff, you know, everything that I usually say, um, what I'm finding with this here is the podcast, I can say this into the mirror because I'm saying a lot of this to me. So Derek, hey, listen, if you're at a point where you are not moving forward, you know, make that your starting point so that you can move forward, you know, draw a line in the sand if you need to. And this is where you're going to start at, so that you can move forward. <laughs> yeah, and yes, I just had that conversation staring in the mirror with myself, but, you know, for everybody listening. But yes, Derek, this is your starting point. Move forward, okay? Um, you know, it's a good thing to say, you know, it's January if you're into any sort of stuff, um, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to tell you that January is a great month for beginnings. You know, it's the first month of the year, you know, and everyone's excited about things. There's, you know, all these different astrological whatever's that happen. People will say, oh, yeah, you know, and great, you know, I'll listen along because there's usually a lot of great information involved in that. I can give you a whole list of people um, available on YouTube that I'll follow along with. But, um, you know, they'll all tell you this is the time to move forward. You know, if you look at anything really going on with life, you know, this is usually when people would normally start looking at, you know, doing their taxes. Um, I'm not sure right now, United States, we'll talk about that in February, but for January, this is normally when you're talking about, hey, you know, what can I do, you know, as far as, you know, getting my taxes straight, you know, how have I got my savings straight, you know, how am I getting my uh, job straight, how am I getting, you know, I've done my review, let's, you know, talk with that, you know, this is normally the time where you start to think about moving forward, um, you want to press through the winter months here, you know, you've gotten past Christmas, you got past the holidays, you know, and now everyone's back in the gym, you know, if you notice, I look outside the windows, and yeah, people are now running again everywhere outside of my purple curtains. From you know, everybody's back on their holiday because they gotta, you know, they gotta do that jaw again. Yeah, so you're moving forward. So you know, this is a time where we need to do that, and I think that. You know, it's something to be said here that, um, you know, I believe we should all try to do these things, you know, as a unit together and all try to, you know, make progress together, you know, and just making this into a better existence, you know, making this still collectively a better world. Um, and that change, you know, it's something that happens globally. But it's also something that happens locally. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's something that happens like, it's cool when everyone votes in, you know, big elections. You know, like voting in the presidential election is cool. Voting in your local mayor election is really sexy. Or your local school board or your local, you know, sheriff, whatever your locally, you know, get it involved in your local area, like where you live. Well, how, you know, 
Yeah, complaining about the trash across the, you know, universe is great. Clean up the trash at your house is even better. <laughs> What's this all like? Sweep around your own front door or something? You know, like hey, you know, getting yourself, you know, tidied up. I mean, if you go into the stores right now, I'm sure if you know if you head in like Dollar General or Kmart or you know, do they even have Kmart's anymore? Walmart, whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> We head into stores right now, and they're going to be like, hey, listen, um, we have all this cleaning stuff, because we know spring cleaning's coming up, and if you live in Florida, it's already spring. I mean, I, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. I know that people see me walking around at night, and I have, you know, the jacket and hoodie, and, you know, which I'm going to get into that. So you're like, hey, am I even allowed to walk around in a jacket and hoodie at night as a black male? But whatever, I am, because I'm walking a dog, and the dog's cute. So... Um, but, uh, you know, we, I'm in shorts and t-shirt right now. It's like 70 degrees in, you know, Florida, thankfully. You know, spring's back. So we're moving forward. And, you know, as we move forward here, it's important for us to do this, you know, not only as a whole, but, you know, as individuals. Because we do it as individuals, and that's how we do it as a whole, you know. It's not really when... You know, you point at everyone else and say, all of you need to, you know, what's to say, you know, if everyone says that you're an asshole, then maybe you're an asshole. <laughs> so you need to not be an asshole and move forward. You know, however you need to take that. Um, this, by the way, is not going to be a uh, G-rated podcast. PG, PG thirteen. I'll go PG thirteen. You know, you you might, you might catch a you might catch a word or two, but um, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> as we move forward, you know, as we find our starting point here in life, as we do this, you know, we we have to find this starting point with everything. You know, as we make that decision, hey. I'm going to be a better person, you know, to myself financially. I'm going to, you know, save more. Hey, I, you know, I went through last year. I made my, you know, whatever. And I've made my, you know, lessons and learned things. You know, it, it, I mean, it, it's interesting. It's like, it's January right now. So we've obviously just got out of December. We obviously just got out of Christmas. And one of my favorite if you wouldn't even call it favorite Christmas things, you know, time has been the tale of Ebenezer Scrooge. I, I'm a person who I've always rooted for the bad guys. So, you know, safe to say, Star Wars, yeah, I rooted for Darth Vader, okay? Purple Rain, I'm going to go ahead and admit it, I was actually rooting for more Stay in the Time. And I still watch that movie to this day, and I'm just like, doing the bird. And, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that all later also. Okay, I'm rooting for the bad guys, okay? Nature Boy, Rick Flair. That's all I got to say. Done. <laughs> okay, I'm rooting for the bad guys. So, as I say that, yeah, you know, give me the Grinch and Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay, and I just watched, you know, like I do pretty much every year, the musical version, the 1972 Albert Finney version of Scrooge. Um, it's colorized. It's the musical. You know, everyone's, you know, and I like it because it is the musical. It's great music. You know, I laughed. I cried. I literally did. Anyone knows me knows that I'm probably laughing and crying during half my life. So, great. 
And as you get to know me, folks, this is, as I said, the starting point. You're going to find out how much I laugh and cry. So, Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, I watched the movie. And after the movie, I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is great. So, we never really thought about it. What happens next? You know, like, you know, I mean, can we go back to, like, can we see Scrooge, like, two years later, you know, since he did change what happened, or two days later even, you know? Like, we saw the bad version when he died, but, you know, we see everybody happy when he died, and he actually gave away his money, and did we see Tiny Tim, like, you know, live a couple years, and now Tiny Tim's, like, you know, I mean, still Tiny Tim, I guess, he, yeah, but, you know, like, what, you know, hey, can we see, like, you know, like, a little bit of, can we get, like, a sequel? Like, it's probably the only movie I can think of, probably the only story I can think of. Really, where I've ever been like, huh, maybe we do need a sequel to this, you know? Because, you know, it, it becomes a starting point. And I think about that really, you know, in our lives now, as I see how we've come out of this season. And, you know, for, for some of us, it was a season to give to things that aren't really that nice. I'm looking at you, folks. But for some of us, it was a season to, you know, be kind to others and, you know, give ourselves. And, you know, it was a season to make, you know, hey, I'm going to New Year's. We make resolutions. I'm, as I said, you know, we're going to work out. We're going to save. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. <sighs> Starting point. Well, you know, well, you know, we have to have those. We have to make it and we have to set that as our line so that we can all move forward. You know, these are the things that, you know, you have to say here. Um, you know, because obviously the reverse, like, you know, if Scrooge had stepped out of his, di you know, house that day and was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Woohoo, thank you, ghost. I see it. Oh, yeah, Christmas is cool. And, you know, and then somebody threw a snowball and I'm like, hey, screw you, old man, you know. He probably would have not have, you know, yeah. So it's a starting point. We have to have these starting points in our lives. So, as I find myself at, you know, 14 minutes of yelling into my tablet here, and I don't know even, I'm going to end up just publishing this just because it sounds fun. Um, I want you all to know that this is a starting point. I don't really know what Shamanic Innovations is going to be. Um, I kind of just picked the name because, you know, it's something that's spoken to me. Um, again, something we'll get into. But, you know, there's a lot of parts with this that have kind of spoken to me in recent months. Um, probably have spoken to me throughout my lifetime and only in, you know, these last few, you know, years or whatever of a journey that I've been on that I'll be sharing with you all here, um, has it become something where it's, you know, and it's kind of like a, you know, let's say it's a trail of breadcrumbs. Um, and, you know, you, you may think of it as a trail of breadcrumbs, you know, out or even a trail of breadcrumbs in, you know, am I going down the rabbit hole? Is this, we'll get into the mental aspect of life also. Yes. Um, and we're going to have some fun, and yeah, so hope everyone enjoys. Uh, this has been the starting point here. Derek Kearney with Shamanic Innovations. Thank you.
I'm becoming someone who I need to find my voice. I need to figure a way to actually speak up about the things that have gone on in my life. Um, It's part of, you know, just something that I've learned while on this journey here. This has been a journey of self-examination that I've been on for the past few years. Um, Kind of starting, I would say, 2015, 2014, 2015, 2014 maybe even, you know, um, I found myself in a situation really where I was just running a lot, you know, and doing a lot of things, and, you know, I was working two jobs actually at this time, I believe 2014, um, busy, you know, I got myself on this notion that I had to remain busy, you know, I needed money and I didn't have enough for everything, and I, you know, I needed to work and overwork, and I was busy, and, you know, I was getting rid of, like, I remember at this time, I wasn't really, like, collecting a lot of things, I was actually, like, selling a lot of things, um, getting rid of a lot of things, you know, I was kind of, like, paring down my life, you know, it just, you know, it was just like a crazy time, um, and I had this sort of sense that at some point, your life's going to flip. Because I'd seen my life flip a couple times before. Um, you know, most notably, my life had actually just flipped a few years before that, uh, where I found myself, you know, if you would ask me, if you would ask me 10 years before, you know, 10 years ago where I'd be, okay, 10 years ago, that was 2008, I had just started dating my ex-wife at that time. <laughs> So, yeah, that's just kind of, like, you know, a bit of the explanation. Um, so, you know, I'd already seen my life kind of flip a few times, you know. But I had this sort of thought of, wow, something's kind of going to happen here. And sure enough, 2016 came along and it happened. And I think that, you know, for a lot of us it happened, Um I think myself personally, there's some events of that year that has put me in a sort of panicked state, you know, over the amount of time just because of what we see on a daily basis. And, you know, it, it's something that I think I've come to realize now, you know, has been, in a sense, an awakening. Um, And it's a bit weird, like, you know, I found myself actually earlier watching a TED Talk. Uh, And the TED Talk mentioned, you know, this lady who, her and her, I think I'd actually watched it before. It was kind of weird that my YouTube even brought it back up today. But in the TED Talk, the lady mentioned how her and her husband 
had tried to conceive and they couldn't conceive and they were so heartbroken about never being able to have children that depressed them and and I'm empathizing with this because you know this is a part of life and I'm and you know it's how you know and the whole topic of it was the whole talk of the set talk was how you know that sort of depression how that sort of low led to an awakening you know spiritually for her um and I, I think that, you know, when people, you know, when you mention the word spiritual awakening, um, everyone kind of steps back a little bit because of what can come next out of the person's mouth. Because spiritual can mean now a whole list of things. Um, you know, are you saying spiritual as in ghost? Or are you saying spiritual as in churches? Are you saying spiritual as in voodoo? Are you saying spiritual as in crystals? You know, uh, what, what type of spiritual are we talking here? You know, uh, what, what what shop do you want to go to, basically? You know, <laughs> is what, you know, people kind of open up when you say spiritual. Um, you know, and she had her own perspective on this. Um, you know, what I thought was interesting, you know, she gave a very twofold perspective. One was, hey, she's doing the whole, you know, her perspective was kind of the Christian one, by the way, if you don't want to look it up. But um, that was one aspect. But also, hey, I am a scientist and I am a psychologist and, you know, technical aspect, technical look of things, um, which... Technical can be spiritual, you know, don't not let anyone fool you, you know, your mind is, you know, just as up there as anything else, so if you are a brainiac, you know, and that is your deal, you know, think of that as your spiritual, um, you know, if you, if you were only the person who, you know, you have to have a, yeah, that's your spiritual, great, uh, but what she talked about was how, you know, this kind of led her you know, this bad thing that was happening where they were not able to conceive a child originally, you know, how, you know, the pain of that led her, you know, to open up and then, you know, that helped out the rest of her life there. Obviously enough where she's talking about this in front of people. Um, so, you know, the point of it being is that, you know, this is what happens with a lot of us. This is what's happened with me. Um... I've gone through my bit of, you know, if we want to call it depression, if we want to call it PTSD, if we want to call it anxiety, I am not a fan of labels, um, but these are the popular ones that have been out there. So I've gone through my bits here. And one thing is, you know, I went actually just recently, I did a uh, sweat lot ceremony over, you know, the area, and the reason why I wanted to do this is because I needed to at least find a starting point for dealing with you know, some of the fears that I've had in my life in recent months, years, you know, some of the trauma, some of the anguish, um, the 2016, let's call it. You know, we, we 
we find ourselves a lot of times where we are either running or we're hurt. We're going or we're hurt. We are moving or we're hurt. You know, and it, it's amazing, like, you know, especially for us, you know, able-bodied people, working people, whatever, we're expected to be up and working 24-7, you know, your phone's supposed to always have notifications, you know, every single thing buzzing on it all the time, and you're expected to always be going, always be ready, you know, work, 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 go, 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 do, do, do. And the only way that you are out from expected to being able to go constantly is if you are hurt, if you are sick, if you are physically unable to do it. Now, today we are starting to care about the mental aspect, and this is good, because you know what, maybe you are mentally unable to handle something. But even with that said, you're unable to do it. Unless you are unable to do this, you're expected to do it. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, I think I'm right about this. Unless you're unable to do it, you're expected to do it. You're expected to go unless you're unable to go. You know, doesn't matter if you're an athlete, if you're a soldier, if you're whatever, you know, if basically you're all soldiers, you're all athletes, you're expected to go. Unless you are physically unable to go horse, you're expected to go. Go. Okay? So, now that we've said this, what happens when you are hurt? Okay? Well, if I go to the example of the horse, they normally just take you up back and shoot you because you're a racehorse or a workhorse or something. And how dare you slow down man's progress? Well, yeah, that's that's pretty mean. You shouldn't do that. Human, stop doing that. But <laughs> in normal aspects, you know, you're expected to heal. You know, if something's physically wrong, like you know, if you break your leg, if you know, I've had a broken foot actually. Um, I remember from my childhood years bone of my foot broke and it was a summer in a cast and you know you're expected to just sit and heal that's what you do for the summer you know or your appendix needs to come out you're expected to heal gallbladder you're expected to heal you know kidney stones actually removed a couple years back you're it's, <laughs> and it's it's funny <laughs> it's it's funny as i say that i had kidney stones removed a couple years back it's funny um Looking back recently on Facebook has the thing where you can look back on your memories and, you know, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I was getting ready for kidney stone surgery. Nice. I remember that looked like. Yeah. That's before I moved to that all-water diet. Mm-hmm. Yippers. So, uh, you know, it's funny looking back on those things, but... You know, I, I can remember that time two years ago having the surgery and, you know, it's not really that. I, I kind of lost track of what was going on after the dude said he was sticking something up inside and was going to yank this thing out. And he showed me a picture of it and it had spikes on there and, 
and it's like, yeah, you were supposed to like, yeah, yeah, you know, having like my super mom friends who are like, yeah, you know, I've given birth to eight kids all in a row with no drugs, you know, whatever, you know, telling me that the kidney stone was worse than the eight kids. <laughs> I'm looking at her like, okay. Mm, yeah. Doc, can you come and zip zip? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, and I remember that, you know, it's a healing process. You know, as with everything, there's a healing process involved in these, you know, in any sort of thing that happens in your life when you were hurt, when you were sick, when you were depressed, even when you, you know, there's a healing process that has to happen. You know, if you have trauma in your life, there's a healing process that has to happen. Um, you know, and that's something I'm going to talk with here is, you know, healing with trauma. Because, you know, this is the healing process that I've been under. This is the healing process that I've, you know, had to deal with here. Um, I, I've been someone who has, you know, dealt with my share of it. Um... And I found myself at the end of 2016 where I had a lot of those traumas basically not only come, but come to like full fold in every aspect. Like if I looked around, everywhere I saw was, you know, bad. You know, if I looked personally, I saw bad. If I looked professionally, I saw bad. If I looked to family, I saw bad. If I looked to friends, I saw bad. If I looked home, I saw bad. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, I had an instance, actually, at one point in 2016 where, you know, I had applied for a job at a uh, place in one of the local towns there. It's a um, Domino's Pizza. I was actually at home for, you know, it was going to be a couple months and visiting mom, you know, type of deal. And I figured I wanted to, you know, pass the time, have a little, you know, spare change, whatever. So I, I'm still busy. You gotta keep busy. You gotta keep busy. Your life is slipping. You know, you're, you're in the car that's slipping, you know, doing the little turning wheel. You gotta keep, you know, you're in the hamster wheel. You gotta keep busy. You gotta keep those wheels turning. You gotta keep busy. So. Yeah, I'm going to go get a part-time job while, you know. And I remember, actually, you know, it was, it was weird. Like, the guy, you know, has me come in, you know, for an interview, and I show up with a resume, and he looks at me like, I haven't seen a resume in 20 years. What the hell, you know? You want to work in management? Like, no, I just want to deliver pizzas and wash some dishes up at the end of the night, you know? I'm going to be here a couple months, Diddy, you know? <laughs> Don't get too attached. <laughs> you know? I just want, you know, I just want some spare change here, buddy, you know? But, um, you know, I probably would have gotten attached, you know? And that's just how I am, you know? Hey, I'm going to show up with a resume in hand, you know, to watch dishes and deliver pizzas for you because I believe that I should be, you know, my resume actually, it's, it's kind of weird. You know, my resume has like one job on it. <laughs> I 
I'm still going to break it to you just to do, you know, little repeats because I'm that type of person, you know, if I'm showing up for, you know, doing that for two months, you know, for a side gig or whatever, I'm still that, yeah, you know, but, um, yeah, yeah, so, I'm, you know, sitting there, obviously he's going to hire me, but he's going to interview me first, and he asked me at this point in time, I remember, you know, these words kind of haunted me here, um, he asked me to name off for him you know, who were the three most important people in my life? And, oh, oh my goodness. Um, it, it, it haunted me because I, you know, what were the three most important things? I was like, what are the three most important things in your life right now? The three most important people. Right? I think he said it as three people, you know, but it might have been things. Um, and, you know, I was like, well, you know, it, it haunts you because it's like, it becomes almost a thing of, well, what are the three things that I can take away from you if I'm going to take away from you anything this year? Because the things that I named were all things that were taken away from me. <laughs> you know, it was kind of weird, you know, at the time. I was like, uh, yeah, you know, my mom, you know, she's she's probably on her way out of here but it's fine in town and um, yeah I don't really have a second probably say my dog but he actually just you know suffered injury himself he's not going to last pretty much longer um, yes music and, you know, we're, like, sitting outside. He's like, music? I'm like, yeah, actually, uh, the, I pointed to my car. There's a print symbol on my car. You know, the music of Prince. I, I just want to say that because this was in March of 2016. Um, and, you know, within a month, actually, um, yeah, within a month, two of those three things that were that conversation. So, uh, And to say, like, you know, and, and you know, as we got, as we talked more, I let him know that the fourth thing was just, you know, kind of, you know, existence and freedom. And in a sense, I felt that that was gone also. Um, you know, I, I felt that I lost a lot with 2016. Um, yeah, for some, like, you know, freedom. Some of us, we felt that we lost family, friendships. You know, we saw our perception basically change overnight. The people that we thought we'd known for, you know, decades, maybe. Now suddenly, you're in Facebook arguments, never vowing to never speak again. Knowing you're gonna have awkward Thanksgiving with this person, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and it's not just you know, and I know, like as I, as I say it, I'm trying to make it sound like it was just you know, election that yes, a lot of people you know riled up with election, but you know, there are also personal reasons why we've had this sort of you know, chasmic crunch here, you know, a lot of just negative energy, 
You know, I know myself personally. There's a lot of negativity and all the bad that I went through that had nothing to do with the 2016 general election. And yeah, you know, there are probably enough Facebook arguments that, uh, you know, I'd seen, you know, uh, you know, around and since, you know, but, you know, just, yeah, and it's one of these things where we look around us and we see a lot of that sort of doom and gloom. Um, I, I take some responsibility for doom and gloom. You know, what I do is my, you know, matrix life, my source, you know, of income life, my matrix life per se. Um, You know, and I think that we all can now hopefully start to see where we've had our bits of how we contributed to this sort of, you know, deal. you know, I think for myself personally, one, obviously, you know, the source of income does, you know, push along different things. But more importantly, I think that it's the uh, source of, or the deposit of time. You know, we're a deposit of this time, you know, even while at the source of income. I, you know, I personally deposit a lot of the time online. You know, in a depressive thing, which most people do, you know, you're online, you're just kind of scrolling through Facebook. Who hasn't done it? I've spent a lot of time doing it. You scroll, you like, you comment, okay, you're just passing your time. Uh, it's become so exhausting for us all. I know it's become exhausting for me over time, and it's been something that, you know, I've used as just kind of a way to kind of hide from, you know, bits of what's been happening in my life. You know, I think Facebook became a thing for me probably around 2012, 2000, yeah, I'll say 2012, because that, that time I was getting divorced, so it was easy to develop a Facebook life. <laughs> you know, I, in fact, I remember making the com- the uh, comment, which should probably still be in my um, profile somewhere. You know, everyone has a you know a, a face and a Facebook. You know, you all have a picture and an avatar. You know, you know you have that life, and then you have the digital, and it's kind of like, all right, that's cool. Um, and you know. It's easy to get lost in that because you have these screens that you know you can get lost into. Um, yeah, so you know, I spent enough time, and I spent a lot of my time off screen also, and also using the screen to record things. But you know, hey, and I mean, I, I like to go back because there's videos that I can check out and see. You know, oh, I was here and I did this and. You know, this concert here, and this event, and, you know, we went on, you know, this trip, and all that. Uh, and this stuff has been cool to look at, look back on and see. But, you know, I, I think that myself, personally, I know that, you know, there's been that sort of spiraling into, well, if there's nothing else to do, I'm going to just sit here and 
let the fingers do the walking, as they used to say with the phone book, except I'm not really walking, you know, to find a business. I'm just walking to pass time. And, I, you know, I think a lot of us find ourselves in this sort of, you know, avenue here because of, you know, what we've gone through and what we are going through. Um, because we're searching for some sort of, like, answer, you know, we're searching for what's at the end. I mean, if you've read a book, you know, if you've been, like, you know, read a book and you've maybe read, like, a suspense book or whatever, let's say, there's an ending. So, you know, you're reading that suspense book, you're like, all right, let me at least get to the ending part here, you know, or magazine or whatever, you know, you're watching a movie, a suspense movie, it's like, all right, let me at least get to a good part. And even, like, TV shows, people you know, binge-watch TV shows, and they'll stop at, like, the middle, you know, of an episode because it's a good stopping point. And, you know, the writers write it like that, so you have a good stopping point, you know? So, you know, we, we look for these good stopping points a lot of times, but Facebook, there's no real good stopping point. You're just kind of, all right, okay, well, as soon as I find a meme that I might connect with today... People have actually heard me say this live to them. Yeah, when I find a meme I collect with today, or I find an article, or a song, or whatever, you know, something's got to connect with me. And, you know, I, I, I personally, I became someone who, you know, my thought was, hey, I need to collect, because I'm going to know all these different places to get memes from. I need to collect so many different memes so many, so many, so that I have enough to where I can share them on a daily basis with everyone else that I know. You know, and I'm going to set up where I'm sort of a place where I can share all my memes, and there'll be different types because, you know, I have different things going on and different people that I collect memes from, and I'm not just collecting one or two, but yeah, I'll be able to go in and sh share them all on a daily basis. And. I really hadn't had the sort of um, way to share these memes, you know. I guess I could have shared them all to my personal Facebook page. And, and I think when I first started to get into doing this, you know, it was like I, I did this and somebody complained. And it was like, oh no, if I do this on my personal page, I'll end up with like new friends. I know what I'll do. I'll start it different page to do it. So I went and started a different page to do it and somehow instead of it becoming no friends it became a lot more people. <laughs> they were like, all over the world! It was cool! You know, and once in a while somebody might complain and they'd be like, alright, cool, you got a complaint, cool. Um, bring a complaint to me and you know, I'll handle it. Um, unfortunately, this is not how Facebook works nowadays. You know, people don't exactly come to you with their complaints they instead of go to Facebook and then Facebook throws you in Facebook jail and does it really without asking you it's kind of bad um, but whatever the point of that being is you know it really it has opened up where hey this is something that I've done out of a depressive state this is something that I've done because I've needed to kind of pass time out of this sort of needing to 
needing to just, you know, keep going. You know, and it's kind of like if you're a runner. I'm not a runner, by the way. Um, that broken foot that I had as a kid and just line doesn't really seem that cool. So I'm not a runner. But I would imagine if you're a runner, your shoes need to be tied. Because I know as somebody who just walks around in shoes, if my shoes aren't tied, it sucks. So I'd imagine if you're running and your shoes aren't tied, it sucks. Like, twice as bad. So imagine you're running and your shoes are untied. <laughs> and you just keep running anyway. Like, fuck your shoes being untied. You're going to keep running. You know. Like, they really start flopping around. You know, your foot's all flopped out. But you're just like, fuck it. Told you. This ain't a generate podcast, okay? So, bleep it. <laughs> you just, you know, keep running. At some point, you almost need to, you know, stop. And tie that shoe. Because you know what you can do when you stop and tie that shoe? You can make a new starting point. Hey, you know what? From this point forward, my shoes are tied and I can keep running. Now, maybe there are some exceptions, you know. If you're in like the, you know, 50-yard dash and your shoe comes untied, well, you know what? Maybe Nike should have made you some better shoes. It's the Olympics. Come on, you know. I get it, you know. If somebody's got a gun, bleep those shoes. I'll I'll buy a new pair. I can run barefoot. I'm a hippie like that. (laughs) All right. If somebody's got a gun, you run. And bleep those shoes if you need to. But under most conditions, you know, you're just running for, you know, jogging purposes, whatever. You can make a new starting point. So... Stop. Tie your shoes. Make a new starting point. Okay? Stop in your life. Tie your shoes and make a new starting point so that you can begin your journey. But instead, you know, I, I, I found myself at this point of, man, I hit 2016 and it hit me and it literally probably could have killed me. You know, it, it emotionally killed me. You know, I, I had lost my mother and pretty much, you know, with that, I lost my family. You know, I mean, just, you know, family death and, you know, different ideas and, you know, parts of the family out and, you know, things, whatever. Um, I lost, you know, where I was living was, you know, totally changed. Um, actually, you know... <laughs> I mean, I just had, like, a lot going on at this point in time here. And like with everything in our lives, it does build up inside of us. Um, You know, and stress is something that will kill you. You know, if it doesn't mentally bleep you up, doesn't mentally fuck you up, okay, then it will physically, this is where you have heart attacks, this is where you have strokes, you know, this is where you have kidney stones. You know, not to say the kidney stone would have killed me, but, you know, it's pretty bleeping painful. <laughs> so, 
it, 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 you know, this is this thing that kind of built up from all of the different, you know, losses that I suffered in 2000, you know, all the different stresses that I suffered and, you know, the, the poor diets that I've been under, um, just stress, just stress and more stress and more stress and more stress and, um, at the end of 2016, before, you know, having this stone, you know, when I actually, before having this stone, I actually found, a, you know, a bit of family that I could uh, speak with at that time, you know, they'd approached me about doing some internal work and cleansing, and, you know, I came with her, you know, sat through one of her ceremonies, it was great, um, and it was what I needed at that time to just kind of put away a lot of the pain in the mental, you know, and emotional pain, at least enough to like lock it away as being its own chapter, if you want to say together. Um, and I was also at, you know, when I actually showed up for the ceremonies, when I found out that I had the stone, I agreed to the ceremony, then I found out that I had a stone, and I went to the ceremony anyway with a stone, and because they tell you you're supposed to pass it, so you're like, all right, screw it, I'm just going to live life, and whatever, you know, just drink a lot of water. Um, it was good because this ceremony did open me up to the idea of drinking water um, as if, you know, as if it's going out of style, basically, and it's something that I kind of brought with me out of 2016 for a myriad of reasons. But while in the ceremony here, um, I went and did the ceremony with it, and I came home, and, you know, I saw my stone, and then I had to, you know, come out of this, and I decided that I was going to look at not only this kidney stone here, who I so nicely named George Saquon, you know. I never actually had a son, so this would be my son, George Saquon, uh, the baby boy. Oh, but you know, I decided to you know not only look at this experience as being, you know, kind of a good healing, you know, but instead of just being okay, this is painful, this is bad, how dare this happen to me, you know, look at this as being a, you know what, I'm going to heal from this. This is going to be my starting point. This is going to be the point where I begin to make a journey towards healing. You know, and I'm going to lay out the things in my life that need to be healed, be they, you know, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, sexual, financial, whatever. You know, being the better, being the good man that, you know, I should be, that I would want to be. Being the best human being possible. I, you know, brick by brick, I'm going to lay out this plan of healing for myself. And, you know, that's what I've done, basically, over the last two years. Um, I've been very fortunate in that I've had a decompression zone to, you know, use to heal in. Decompression Zone is the name that I'm using for this house. Um, so yeah, I've been very fortunate in that. And I've been fortunate to have 
a good cast of characters um, joining me in this journey, you know, as far as like joining me in the story here. Um, just a little bit of a thing, you know, I, I never really want to say that, I, you know, there's a couple of things that I never really want to say that I, that I am. Um, people have tried to throw labels on me for years and I've, you know, I've always kind of ignored it. Um, you know, I remember having an uncle who actually, um, passed last past year and every time I saw him, and he passed from, I think it was uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, something along those lines. I'll probably end up having it later. Not a blood uncle, though, but still love him. But I remember he would ask me, you know, in the later years, hey, when are you going to start preaching? When are you going to start preaching? I'm like, Dad, I'm not a preacher. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else can I say? Okay, so I'm not a preacher. I'm not a lover. I am a lover. <laughs> okay, but I'm not a shaman. I'm not a preacher. I am not a financial expert. Um, I'm not a journalist. And as I say these things, I'm about to tell you, you know, okay, well, I'm about to preach to you here. I'm about to give you my shamanistic, you know, stories or whatever. And I'll tell you, you know, a story within journalism. Because in a sense, we all carry with us a journal. We all carry with us a story that we're telling. You know, we all have some sort of thing that we are jotting down, some sort of thing that we're, you know, leaving behind for future generations. Be it, a, you know, we're, I'm not a writer, but we all have a book that we're writing. <laughs> okay? And, yeah, I'm not a writer, but, yeah, I got some pages, you know, typed out, whatever. Maybe I'll put them together, whatever. You know, I'm not a filmmaker, but, you know, some things. Yeah, I'm not a photographer. I've got some pictures I've shot, you know, whatever. I'm not a musician. Uh, you know, I don't play a piano, but there's a piano in my living room. Whatever. And, you know, and even saying this here becomes a thing of everything that we say that we're not are things that we should be saying we are. You know. So, hi. I'm a shaman. I'm a preacher. I'm a journalist. I play piano. I'm a writer. I'm a photographer. So leave anything out. I'm a comedian. These are things that we should be saying that we are. Things that we right now say that we aren't. And, you know, uh, I'm a healer. Because I'm healing. I'm a healer, you know. So, hey, um, during this time, I found myself, you know, at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, on this path towards healing. Uh, my path has taken me through a few different ways. Um, one is that it's taken me through a bit of a ritual. You know, just trying to get myself onto somewhat of, you know, an easier pattern, a uh, better sleep pattern. You know, sleep is important for me. In the sense that I work crazy hours. Um, I work usually until midnight each night. I find myself usually after work where, hey, I need to go walk the dog, whatever. And, you know, because of this, I don't really want to 
get a lot of stuff done. So sleep is important that I get, you know, a good amount of sleep each night that, you know, I get some movement in me. I've gotten into doing Qigong actually over the past year, year and a half. Um, and something that I've actually experimented with over the past few years, but I've really gotten into the past year and a half, just a schedule of, Hey, you know what? Within the first hour that I'm up, you know, and I have to give myself, you know, at least that hour just because I know my life, something's going to come up. But within that first hour, I'm going to, you know, I need to get up, I need to walk the dog, I need to go outside, do my Qigong, you know, I need to get something to eat, you know, get some water, get me, get a shot of apple cider vinegar, you know, whatever I'm doing with my routine, you know, getting that going. Um, you know, so, that, so that's been something, you know, I mean, and I'm, no, I'm not someone... I'm not going to tell you, obviously, you know, the best diet choices ever. Um, as we go along, maybe I'll learn them. But, you know, I'll be the first to admit that, hey, I'm going to roll through the fast food drive through for a double burger. No cheese, though. No cheese. Um, and there has been little, you know, little things that I have done, you know. No cheese, I think, has, does help um, on the burgers, and lots of water, I think, has helped, you know, versus sodas and things of that nature. I've pretty much gone to a all-water liquid, you know. There are some exceptions. Uh, there's some nights with tea uh, or mornings with, you know, hot tea or whatever. But for the most part, we're doing water. And I think this is important because, you know, water is the lifeblood. Water is what we have. You know, without water, we have nothing. Um, I try to drink a lot of it each day, and I encourage you to do the same. So, you know, and I and I can say this like, I get it. Well, you know, I need to be you know sharp and whatever so that I can work you know early hours. No, you don't. You need to drink water. <laughs> drink some water. Mind your business. Um, there are things, you know, yes, if you can have, you know, if coffee works with your system, you know, please. But, you know, where I'm saying to, you know, cut back on these things is where we become the folks of excess, where we are having the, and I know I've done it, coffee-flavored energy drinks, I'm raising the hand right now because I've been the first one to slam to and think that I was going to rock star through my day. No. This is where we need to stop. You know, we need to cut back. You know, if you if you need to have one cup of tea, great, have one cup of tea. And, you know, I can say this even, you know, doing overnight shifts, a cup of tea. Because you woke up, you know, get a cup of black tea. But water, you know, what's going to wake your body up most is having water. One, what's going to wake you up second, you know, um, having fresh things in you, fresh greens, fresh juices, you know, water. Um, 
That's the main thing right there is, you know, having a good diet of water come in to you. And that's something that I really didn't have before. I would drink water, yeah, you know. But it was mostly because, ah, I don't feel like paying for anything else. I don't have some water, you know, so I can have something between the beer and the energy drink and the uh, Pedialyte. Yeah. Really, Derek? Pedialyte? You're just drinking, like, vodka and Pedialyte and you're calling this life? No, Derek, go drink some water. Okay? So, it, you know, it became a thing for me. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that you need to totally teetotal yourself away through life. Um, you know, I will still enjoy an adult beverage from time to time, but it's not all the time. And really, just give me water. Um, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of it. You know, making those sort of choices there, making the choices to get movement into your life there. Um, you know, said so qigong is a good thing for that. Yoga is good for that. You know. Just going for walks is good for that. Getting out in nature, you know, and you know, get a pet and walk your pet around, whatever. Um, but as I say these things here, another big proponent becomes taking time to look inwardly, taking time to look internally, and find these things that you can change. Um, find out what's going on inside of your head and what's going on inside of your heart that you can change. Not just the things that are easy for you to, you know, point out dirty everywhere else, but the things that are, you know, actually hidden inside of you. And, you know, and find, you know, the areas that are kind of have some darkness in them. Find the areas that, you know, do have some dust in them. Find the areas where, you know, there is some hurt involved. Um, you know, figure out what's going on inside of you. Uh, it, it was really good for me to have the 2016 experience, I would say, you know, because in that time, you know, 2017, you know, needing to heal myself, needing to put my body back together, put my mind back together, um, you know, Going out, making friends, again, trying to, what do I introduce myself as now? How do I deal with people now, you know? Where will I live? What will I do? What will I say, you know? Can I even, you know, in trying to get back into somewhat of a normal life, let's say. And, you know, this has been a real big thing for me. You know, 2017 was a real big year of, hey, what's going on with Derek where he is not really, you know, how is he going to adjust to 2016, you know, how is he going to handle it? You know, and it's the question that, you know, I'm sure everyone has asked, how is he going to handle it? You know, uh, I'm sure there are people who follow along on Facebook because they know that at some point, hey, that car is kind of spinning over there. Maybe it's going to catch on fire. Let's break out a camera phone and record this for posterity. You know, they can see that, you know, it's going towards those train tracks. You know, it's got to be a train that's going to hit it at some point here. It's got a big boom. It's going to happen. Um, at least that's what they think they can see. 
You, you know, because that's what you're trained to see, and that's what you want to see. You want to see fire. Ooh, fire, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that there are also people who, you know, genuinely want to go and, okay, let's stop the car from spinning, let's pull the guy out, you know, let's save the day here, whatever. You know, and it's kind of deciding which one do you want to be. Do you want to look? Do you want to help? Um, and then there, you know, as I say, there are the people who are in the car and they're spinning. And for myself personally, I found myself, you know, and spent some time in the car spinning. And it's very rare, but, you know, if you know how to do it, I guess... You can stop the car from spinning. You can get out. And I'm not saying that I, you know, know this, but, you know, if you realize that the car is spinning, if you realize that, you know, things are going to, you can kind of hit pause on, you know, the, on simulator here. <laughs> you know, and you can kind of look and see, well, you know, let's back up and see when exactly did we fall off the track so that we know where to get back on track. Um... Yeah, you can hit that rewind button, you can, you know, rewind back the tape, and you can figure out what's going on. You can s draw a new line in the sand so you know where to start your healing from. And, you know, this is something that I've been doing over these last couple years is, you know, putting together things in my life where I can draw this line in the sand. Um, and, you know, begin a healing process. And where, you know, it's something where... It's where I can actually just start a part to grow. Um, yeah, the the people that you know know have seen you know I use different you know growth and change and brick by brick and you know what was the great little saying there? Um, we rise by lifting others. Uh, you know, moving up, moving forward. You know, make, making things better, making, you know, finding an area to heal from, you know, finding forgiveness in ourselves and forgiveness in others so that we can become better human beings. Um, this has been, you know, the thing that I've been on for the last couple of years here. Uh, and I really kind and I really kindly, you know, think that to discovering this sort of way of life, you know, be it. Um, and, and I, I, maybe I'm kind of, you know, as I say, I'm very new to this idea, so people will have to help me with the definitions, and I do not like labels, you know, but we, when you, someone says to me a shaman, um, at least this is what I've discovered, you know, in my sort of, uh, research on this and, you know, pathways and everything, uh, you know, the shaman becomes the person who, you know, they don't really live with the norms of the town. You know, they don't really do the normal society thing. Like, they're not your normal doctor, if that makes sense. You know, they're not who you go see when you have a broken bone or when you have, you know, blood or what, you know. They're not that type of doctor there. You know, they're not, you know, the normal worker bee. They're not the whatever. Instead, they're the person 
who you go to see when there's something inside of you that needs a sense of healing. You know, or something... Uh, it, you know, it's kind of like the psychiatrist in a sense, except our psychiatrist now prescribed drugs that get in the way of this sort of healing, but we won't talk about that right now. Um, but, it, you know, it's something where I, I think that we become this thing of we look at the shaman as being the person that we can go to for healing within our lives. You know, the person that we can go into and this person's going to help us find, you know, the things within ourselves even, you know, and they're going to help us find things within, you know, the nature and within the world. Um, it's what the priest should be, you know, your preacher, your pastor, um, what they should be. <laughs> I, I know as I say this, there's, you know, a lot of big scandal, you know, going on everywhere and, you know, you got priests who are touching kids and preachers who are touching wives and touching husbands and touching husbands and wives and whatever, you know, touching money and, uh, you know, again, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not that. But I guess I am. So, what you should be is someone who, uh, you know, you're here to help. You know, what I've always said with the preacher is, you know, the first person the preacher needs to save is himself. You know, you know, if you're a preacher, you know, if you're a preacher, you ain't saving your own soul, then you're in the wrong business. So, you know, we become these people, you know, going back to this idea of the shaman here. The shaman is this person who brings out the best in, you know, it's, it's an innovator. You know, the innovator is the person who brings out the best in, you know, the team. Um, you know, I, I go to my corporate matrix job and they give out an innovator award, I think, with every quarter. And it's not the employer of the quarter. I think the employer of the quarter gets like cash and innovators just like a high five. I don't know. I've never won either. Maybe though. But what I imagine the innovator being is someone who kind of helps team along. Yeah. You know, they motivate the team. They give the team a new perspective so the team can go, you know, innovate. It's like the magician. Yeah. Yeah. Innovate. You're the inventor. You're the innovate. Yeah, so, shaman, you innovate. Mm-hmm, yeah, there we go. Shamanic innovations, there's your name. <laughs> so, what I think of, you know, as I said, when I think of a shaman, I think of someone who, you know, they inspire this sort of healing within, you know, people. And, obviously, you know, everyone has to heal somehow. And, you know, I have to heal, you have to heal, whatever. Um, you know, even whoever, you know, everyone goes through some sort of a healing and everyone goes through some sort of, you know, process and some sort of hero's journey involved. Um, everyone, you know, even your Buddha did. Buddha went and sat under a tree, oh, the Buddha went and sat under a tree for like 20 years. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
You know, people get all like, yeah, you know, well, Christ just wouldn't walk the woods for three, well, three years. Buddha went into a tree for 20 years. You tell me who's hardcore. But I think they're both hardcore. And you know what? They both needed that time as their time of healing. And everyone needs some sort of time of healing. You know, you need a starting point for healing. You need a time of healing. And, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not going to dumb them both down to say they're just shamans. But in a way, we all are. <laughs> you know, anyone who's hurt, you know, if you're someone who's hurt, you've been, you know, if you notice, like, you know, you have these people, they do the um, domestic violence type of things. Um, yeah, and this, it just happens a lot. Um, bad thing happens to person. You know, they are beat up or they lose a loved one. You know, they're shot war, whatever. The person goes through some sort of transformation. They write a book. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. You know? That transformation time is your time of healing. It is that simple. And I'm not saying that every single one of you need to go out and write a book because you're already writing your own story. You're already a journalist. You're already writing you know, shooting your own film. You're already telling your own tale. This is already, even if you don't ever put pen to paper, you are already doing this. Okay? What I'm saying is that you have to have your time of healing. Yes. You know, what you have to realize is at some point you've had, you've had the bad happen. You know, um, the bad's already happened. 2016 is, you know, that's, what are we in, 2019? Now it's, goodbye. You know, you, you had the kidney stone removed. You had, you know, that bad has happened. And now, you've been through this period of healing where, you know, you can begin to rise up. Okay? And, you know, it's the thought of, you know, if you're in... Recovery, you know, let's say you had that broken bone or whatever. You know, let's say you had a broken bone in your foot. All right, broken leg. Go broken leg. While your leg's broken, you're not really able to move it. You know, and it's in the cast, you're just kind of laying there, you're like, ugh. But it heals, it's healing. And then at some point, you're able to move it. And then at some point, you're able to walk around on it. And then at some point, finally, they come in and remove the cast, and you're able to really walk around on it. Yeah, that's when you're like, heal. That's like, you know, when you go write that book, when you're able to take the cast off. And, you know, and I can say for myself that I'm not, you know, the cast is not off yet. I'm not writing the book. I'm not totally healed, you know. Um, there, there are still some points, there are still some moments, you know, that, that will get to me. But I'm at that point where, well, maybe if you want to take the full cast off, but you have like a little slender version, you know, or, you know, yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, uh, I got to keep it wrapped up for another couple of weeks. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I still got to do this sort of thing, you know. It's healing, you know. I'm at the point where it's like, hey, you know what? I got the cast on, but I can at least, it's a boot. 
Welcome back to Shamanic Innovations. I'm your host, Derek Kearney. Today we're talking about my journey and my starting point. And it's going to be a bit that comes on here. Um, <clears throat> just so we all know, this is my first podcast. And uh, I was unaware that it had a 59-minute, 59-second window of recording. So I got this really great... Yeah, you know what? You need to make your start right here. Try your line in the sand. And it started got off. So it happens. But you know what? That's going to come back because like I also said at the end of that video, sometimes your shoe comes untied and you got to stop for a second and tie your shoe. Draw your new line in the sand and make your new starting point. See how easy that was? Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Um, and, and, you know, for me, it's really been a thing of trying to find these new 